When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wouldn't it be great if babies were born knowing how to use the toilet? Instead, for a while, we as parents must handle this responsibility for them. What are the factors driving our diapering decisions? What are our options? Reusable cloth diapers? Disposable diapers? Elimination communication? How do you choose what's best for your family? I'm Heather McNamara, Executive Director of the Real Diaper Association, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 12. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents preserve their sanity by getting you expert advice from the baby years through the toddler years. Feel free to send us emails or suggestions on our website, parentsavers.com, or you can call the Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775. I am a new parent myself. My son, Carson, is now 19 months old, and I am joined by three new parents in the studio. I'm Jane Park. I am 38 years old, a part-time fundraising consultant and a stay-at-home mother. And I am the mother of three children, and they are... <laughs> when, do you, when do you have three, you forget, so it's okay. <laughs> well, I, um, I don't, just don't know where to start. Um, I have Vera, who's five and a half, Stella, who's three and a half, and Lenny, who is 15 months. Awesome. My name is Owen. I am a video marketing consultant in North County, San Diego. Um, I've got three kids. My, I've got a five-year-old, Kanan. I have a 13-month-old, Jameson, and Benjamin will be here in two weeks. Oh, my goodness, so soon. Yeah, we're super excited and a little freaked out. <laughs> so, uh, Well, my name's Sarah Overby. I'm 32 years old, and I have boy-girl twins that are two and a half. Um, I have a son, Coda, and a daughter, Catalina. And I work for a local software company in their marketing department. We'll be back after this short break. We're going to talk about breastfeeding remedies for a minute. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, Parent Savers. I'm Robin Kaplan, an international board-certified lactation consultant, owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center, and the host and producer of Parent Savers sister show, The Boob Group. I'm here to offer some advice on different breastfeeding remedies, such as, how can I get over my fear of breastfeeding in public? I remember the first time I breastfed my son, Ben, in public. He was six weeks old. My husband, Jason, and I were driving up to his sister's Kim's wedding in Northern California. 
We had stopped in Los Angeles for lunch, and it was brutally hot, like 95 degrees in the parking lot. And I actually contemplated nursing Ben in the car, but I was sweating so profusely, I figured, eh, I got to go in the restaurant. So into the restaurant we went. I sat down at a table and got out a large receiving blanket. I distinctly remember asking Jason to stand behind me to pull down the blanket so that I could hide my six-week postpartum back fat. To me, covering my back was actually more important than possibly flashing a boob. Up until now, I had been helping Ben get a comfortable latch by compressing my breast into that breast sandwich. I wondered how I was going to do this without the blanket slipping off of my shoulder. I slowly lowered Ben under the blanket, lifted up my shirt, and bam, that kiddo latched without my help whatsoever. Clearly, he was a very capable participant. I just had no idea. So from then on, breastfeeding in public was a breeze. Sure, he made extremely loud gulping noises while eating, which often attracted some onlookers, but now I was comfortable feeding him anywhere, and I began to feel an incredible sense of freedom. So here are my top tips for breastfeeding in public. First, practice at home so that you are comfortable latching your baby while sitting in different chairs and wearing different shirts. If you are uncomfortable breastfeeding in public without a cover, practice using that cover or a blanket in front of a mirror so you can actually see what you're doing. Next, find stress-free places to breastfeed in public, such as the Nordstrom's nursing room or a breastfeeding support group. It's no big deal if you flash a boob in front of other moms, and you can also ask them what tricks they have tried to become comfortable nursing in public. Another trick is to practice breastfeeding in a carrier, wrap, or sling. I remember my sister-in-law walking around the San Diego Zoo while nursing her daughter in a Moby wrap. It was super discreet, and she didn't even have to stop and sit down. Lastly, go to lunch with a few other breastfeeding moms and practice in their company. You will most likely feel less stressed if you are surrounded by other women, plus you can learn some valuable tricks from them. For more great information about different breastfeeding remedies, check out my blog at sandiegobreastfeedingcenter.com backslash blog, and be sure to listen to Parent Savers and the Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. Today on Parent Savers, we have Heather McNamara, Director of Real Diaper Association, here to talk with us about the dirty on diapers. So let's talk about disposables. That's the most common one. Everyone gets them. Everyone knows about them. They give them to you at the hospital. How do we know what to buy? My understanding is that there's a lot of disposable options out there. But to be honest, I only use disposables for a short period of time. So we're mostly cloth diaper users. But um, the... All the same decisions that you're going to make for any type of diapers, like go for disposables or for cloth. So you're going to um, probably be trying to find something that works in your family's budget, um, is relatively convenient for how your family is living. Um, and then also a lot of families today are working on uh, lessening their impact on the environment. So if you can kind of maximize all of that, I'm sure you're going to be doing the same regardless of the diaper you choose. When your baby's born, I mean, do you buy newborn? I mean, what's your... Yeah, the sizing is generally by pounds. So you're always going to be looking for about how um, much your baby weighs. And the it's clearly marked on kind of any diaper you're going to be buying. So that will be your general guideline. And then when you get it home, you see how well it fits and how well it works for you. Do we wait to see if our babies are born, like, fat? Or, like, <laughs> I mean, because sometimes you get the all the infant sizes and then, you know, they fit in them and then you've bought, you know, five caseloads of them. 
Yeah, I did not buy a lot of diapers before my babies were born, just for that purpose. Hmm. So I waited. But when you're it. in the hospital, though, you, you really you you're on disposables. Though there isn't really much of a choice there. Well, there's a choice. I mean, it depends on your baby. For my first baby, you're right. I did. I had the disposables that the hospital gave us. For the second baby, though, I was prepared because I had already switched a cloth for my first, and I just brought the diapers with okay. me to the hospital. So you provided them. Yeah. So when it when it comes to disposables um, and and the type that you should buy, um, you've got the option of your generic brand and your brand name. Uh, and what's what's apparent to do? Well, I think that this kind of goes to your overall philosophy of how you buy in general. So, um, you know, I certainly, there's certain things that I won't buy in bulk because I'm very particular about them. Um, so I will spend a lot of, you know, extra money for them. Uh, but there's other things that I definitely go to Costco for. So um, the same is going to go for your diapers. So you're, you know, at first, before you have your baby, you're really not going to know what to expect. So you're probably going to look for the things that have the least amount of chemicals um, that are kind of the... Um, the sensitive or something along those lines um, that are going to be safe for a, ba- a real newborn baby's skin. And then eventually, you know, when you see what their skin is like and, you know, how um, sensitive they are to various brands of diapers, you'll be able to see if you can go ahead with the cheap version or um, move to something that's more expensive. So it's a trial and error type of process? Yeah. Now, um, when babies are born, they have those diapers that cut out for the umbilical cord. Do you think that's necessary to get those ones or um, any or diaper would you? just fold over Yeah, the top? I think any diaper you can pretty much fold over the top. Um, or even cut it out, I guess. Yeah, on disposable diapers you can cut it out. But, you know, on the cloth diapers you would just pin it down or, you know, really anything. But it, it is more convenient to make sure that the umbilical cord is clear in those first few weeks. How do you know if the diaper's leak-proof or if it's going to work effectively and do what it's supposed to do? Um, and are there ways to get samples just to be able to test them before you go and buy 150 of one type? Ah, good question. The, the leak-proof is very important when it comes to diapering. And I don't think um, you can guarantee it ahead of time. Um, so it has a lot to do with fit um, and how it goes on your child. So um, you... I guess what I would do is in the cloth diaper world, there's all sorts of blogs and review sites that talk about different brands and their how they work with different size babies and different shape babies. And I assume that would go for disposable yeah. diapers too. I'm sure there's blogs all over the place that would have reviews like that. Um, so you could look um, for that uh, in advance. I don't know. I think that you get some samples in the hospital, and I know I've gotten some in the mail from various companies from signing up on mailing lists for disposable diapers, and and then maybe they have something similar. Like in the cloth diaper world, they have trials and um, that you can rent for like a package of trials. There's also, you know, there's a a collection of pregnancy resource centers and uh, birth choice centers and and things like this that are dedicated to helping new parents specifically, but there's a variety of samples and... And yeah. things that they have available for free uh, for the most most part in, in some of these organizations. So that's a, a resource as well. And I discovered, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to just change my toothpaste. So I wrote, like, a bunch of companies, and they all sent me samples. Ah. So I think that would be a good idea. Just, you know, now it's so easy on the Internet that you just go to the diapering um, website. You type in the diaper thing. You do the contact page, and you say, send me a sample. And the next thing you know, got something in the mail. Oh, so. That's great. great. And how about for uh, baby wipes? One, My wife and I are very concerned about the chemicals um, that, sh- that are on on the baby's skin. She has real sensitive skin. I, I don't, but I also have a distrust for, you know, chemicals. 
Yeah, so how do we know what to choose, and is there a type that you would refer or recommend over another? Well, and before you say that, it's ironic because my my son gets the worst diaper rashes ever. He's got food problems, and so um, I was wiping him the other day, and my husband was cleaning them up, and I had to cut my hand, so I just grabbed the wipe and wiped my my finger off from the poop or whatever I got him, and it stung like no other. I'm like, ouch, that stings, and my husband's like, and and my my son's crying, going, ow, ow, as it stings, and these are the sensitive wipes that I buy. So I, what are my options? That's a concern too because I, I'll come into the baby's room and he's pulling out the wipes and he's sucking on yeah. them and things like that. And my wife's like, you know, don't worry about it. Those are just wipes. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. That's, there's something on there. It's like drinking shampoo. Right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, so it, it's a concern. It is. What are our options, Heather? Well, first of all, if you're worried about chemicals, I always recommend that you really pay attention to the ingredients that are, are listed. And the problem is they're not always um, clear. They're not. Very explicit. They're not. Yeah. Especially in, in you know diapers and then in wipes, they are, they're not required to list every one of the ingredients. So it's very difficult to tell. Um, so you can, you know, try to maximize your um, use of wipes by just simply um, looking at the ingredients. But your other option is to just use washcloths. So I know most parents receive huge numbers of baby washcloths with their when before their babies are born at showers. And you think, what would I ever do with all of these washcloths? I can't possibly bathe this child enough to use <laughs> all of these washcloths. Well, they work wonderfully as wipes. And if you have a baby with sensitive skin, you actually don't need any soap or whatever. All you have to do is simply wet the washcloth, just water, and um, wipe your baby's bottom. And especially for children who are sensitive to chemicals, that works fantastically. And if you're talking about a poop situation, um, you could always throw just a little bit of uh, baby shampoo on the washcloth. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, whatever you feel you've already like vetted as comfortable for using for soap or um, shampoo for your child, you can use as uh, on your wipes. That's a new concept. I feel like you use disposable, so you always use disposable wipes. But you know, I don't. I think it's something that you don't put the connection to that you're probably going to use the washcloth and still use a disposable to help and just kind of. Well, there's a convenience factor there with the wipes. You just throw the wipes in the diaper and you True. throw it out. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's what I'm all about. It's just quick and easy. And but then next thing you know, I've got this huge stack of diapers in the diaper pail. We actually got a bigger diaper pail. And, you know, so the, the disposable factor, the trash factor, I mean, that, that counters the convenience factor. True. Well, what, what are our options in disposing of our diapers? And we've got diaper genies and everything else. Like, I, I guess when you're buying a diaper genie, I mean, I guess look at if it's going to need bags. I mean, cause some of those things are they're quite complicated. I put a diaper genie together for a friend, and I was like, I will beat this diaper genie. It was one of the most difficult baby <laughs> objects to put together, but that's a side note. But anyways, um, what are some ways that we can dispose of our diapers? <laughs> Well, I think your point, Owen, was really good, and that you do end up with a lot of garbage, and so you you just need to kind of be aware of how frequently you're going to be disposing of them, how far away you have to go to bring your diapers to the outside garbage can, um, and consider that, because this is going to double your, um, literally double your family's household waste if you have a baby in disposable diapers, so 
it's going to be frequent, more frequent trips. And if if you're going far, then I would suggest going for like the larger size <laughs> diaper pail. Or if you have twins, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go through a lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but you know, otherwise, I think you're just looking for something that's going to contain the smells. And they come with kind of a, a usually some sort of a disc or something that um, reduces the smells in the room. Well, so. I didn't find that a lid helps. <laughs> and I know. just uh, wrapping the uh, diaper in, I just use um, old um, bags and not even. Like grocery bags? Yeah, and not even. You know the bags that the diapers come in? Yeah. I just save those and okay. shove them underneath the changing table and yeah. use those because otherwise they just go in that plastic swirl that's in the Pacific yeah. Ocean. So. Well, and te- yeah. technically in all the diaper packages it says you're supposed to dispose of the feces yes. in the toilet. Yes. Because yes. if you think, stop and think about it, you go, oh man, our garbage is becoming more and more like human waste not the human waste you just don't stop to think about that that's how my mom used to do it though i remember that but it's the splash factor that uh (laughs) deters me i guess you could say (laughs) turn your head and the reason why why you have disposables is the convenience factor so i don't see any police anybody policing it going ah you're not throwing it in the trash that's illegal yeah yeah well i mean it does eliminate the smell too i'll tell you what though on, on a hot summer day i don't care how good your diaper genie is we keep ours outside uh, it just out of the house, and and when it gets hot, it gets hot. I mean, that diaper genie is not going to do whatever that little disc or baking powder, whatever they have in there. It's just it's not going to overpower science, you know, waste and heat. You know what I mean? That's going to smell. And so those those are those are other issues as well. Because now you got your trash can and your diaper pail, and uh, you know your neighbors are calling complaining. <laughs> Uh, they're going to the bathroom in the backyard. Oh, wait, no, that's just a yeah. diaper pail. <laughs> um, so if we do want to use disposables but still help the environment, what are our options? So as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of options in disposables, um, in disposable diapers. So you're going to be looking for the um, chemical lists and, and also, you know, what is in them. Okay, so some of the things, the, some of the factors that you're talking about are, one, are they bleached or are they not bleached? Are they chlorine bleached? So, and they sell you them on the package, like non-chlorine or, cl- you know, chlorine-free diapers. And what does that mean? Well, chlorine? what it means is that they don't use chlorine bleach to dye the paper or the plastic that's on the diapers. And when you use chlorine to dye it, then it releases a a toxin called dioxin, which is very, very hazardous. Um, to it's supposed to be so. one of the worst chemicals out there when it co- when it comes to causing cancer. Is what I read. It is. It's serious. It's it's no joke. Of yeah, a toxin. and so that's up close to your baby. Yeah, interesting. If you're not interesting. No. And the government allows that. <laughs> government just allows to, a lot of things. Yeah, just to be sure. <laughs> Yeah. Now, so we can't we can't drink soda in New York, but you can have <laughs> cancer causing carcinogens on your baby's diaper. <laughs> so, the so levels are small things. from what they the testing has been done, but it's non-zero and still since it's not zero, that's a concern and dioxin in any level is uh, is toxic. So, so right. are there diapers without di- There are chlorine-free okay. diapers. So that doesn't have those are the ones that are going to avoid dioxin. So the other things that you be concerned about are what's what are the chemicals inside the diaper that are doing the absorb 
it's absorbing because it's not magic that makes them absorb. Wait, so excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> so there's something in there. And those chemicals are usually su- super absorbent polymers, so SAPs. And um, the jury is out about what SAPs are and how toxic they are for your children. Um, so some diaper companies make it sound like they're, you know, real, you know, fine. And then other diaper companies say, we don't include the SAPs because we care about your child. So so is there a green diaper, so to speak? Yeah. So then there are some diapers out there that don't include those super absorbent polymers. So they're just mostly um, like a cotton fluff and a wood pulp that they use as the absorbent. Now, those are obviously thicker diapers and those are more expensive and harder to procure. But um, that those avoid the chemicals. Now, on the other hand, so you're talking about what are the things that are in your diapers? Well, also, once the diaper comes off, you're talking about a single-use product. And so every single-use product and goes into a landfill. Um, even compostable and flushable, when they say these things, they're not really going to biodegrade in a landfill. And we don't have the uh, facilities right now, the commercial, uh, I'm sorry, the municipal facilities that are going to allow for composting of diapers at the level we need to happen. So, um, so you're... You're trying to kind of reduce your impact um, by watching for the the chemicals that are in there. Know that there's plastic. So when it says biodegradable, be watching for what kind of plastic. Some of them are corn plastics. Maybe those are better biodegradable. But again, you know, you're talking about landfill. Yeah, so uh, you can kind of only do the best you can with a single-use product. But those are the things that you'd look for. So when we come back, we'll talk about some of our options using cloth diapers, and we'll share the lifetime cost of all of our options. So we'll be back shortly. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're back on Parents Savers talking about the dirty on diapers with Heather McNamara. So, Heather, can you use cloth diapers and disposables? Is there room for that? Oh, of course. Lots of parents are uh, switching over to cloth. And so I often recommend that you do it kind of slowly, you know, get try a few out, get get a routine going and then buy some more. Because when you purchase um, cloth diapers, they're more expensive. So a single cloth diaper could run from, um, well, let's say between 12 and $20. Um, and so you think, oh, my gosh, this is a big expenditure. I can't afford to buy a full stash of diapers at once. So just buy a couple at a time. And slowly you're going to use less disposables, you know, throw them in, you know, the others you'll be washing. And then you'll be able to save some more money by using the fewer disposables and then um, continue on building your stash. 
Um, there's also, you know, there's no diaper police. So there's no one saying you have to use one diaper or another every change. You know, each change is its own change. And so there's room for you to use kind of whatever you want on your baby's body. I guess it's one less diaper you're throwing in the trash when you choose one diaper a day to do yeah. a cloth, you know. Especially yeah. on the go, too, when you're at the restaurant or you're out at grandma's house. It might just be easier at that point to use a disposable, but at home you're building up a new habit. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I can see that. There's ways to do everything, I guess. Yeah, it depends on, you know, if you don't have any disposables at hand, it's not easy to do disposables at a restaurant. But (laughs) but but you're right. You know, certainly if as you're moving into cloth, if that's what you're choosing to do, then, you know, you can balance out what works for you. Well, we actually to to contain my son's rash because it gets so bad. We actually use disposables at night with massive heavy duty cream to contain. Otherwise, um, I've tried every other option. We cloth diaper, but it just would get so bad and worse and worse and worse because he's got so many different food intolerances at the moment. So we do it at night. Yeah, Yeah, and that makes sense. And, you know, definitely cloth diapers are sensitive to the types of creams that you use because creams can cause a buildup on your diapers, which might cause them to repel urine, which is obviously not what you want to have happen. (laughs) (laughs) Then you'll totally give up altogether. (laughs) Right. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see why you're doing that. Okay, well, Heather, what are a few reasons as to why you choose cloth diapers over disposables? Well, there are three main reasons. Um, One we already talked about in the last segment is kind of reducing your impact on the environment by using a reusable product versus a single use. And you see that all over the place with uh, reusable shopping bags and reusable water bottles, the same factors go for diapering. Um, Others would be health. And we also talked about that a little bit, um, about the chemicals exposing your baby's skin, and actually their lungs, because some of those diapers kind of, um, they give off uh, gases, um, VOCs, that could cause problems with asthma, especially in in young newborn lungs, which are very sensitive. Um, So there's, you know, your baby's health. And and I, I guess I see an increasing number of people kind of changing over to cloth diapers because of rash, actually, uh, and their sensitivity to those chemicals. So maybe you would say health is the second. And then the third main reason would be financial. And that is becoming a huge issue in the current economy. And people are looking to save money while still doing kind of the right thing for the environment and their baby. And um, cloth diapers satisfy that. You can save literally thousands of dollars. Um, You know, if you're talking about cloth diapering from birth to potty training, um, you can save probably about $2,500 per child by um, using cloth diapers over disposables. So that's a significant So what would be the average lifetime of um, disposable diapers? And then what would be the average cost of lifetime for cloth diapers, you reckon? It's about um, $3,000 for disposable diapers. Over the course of like two to three years? or Over the course of probably closer to three, two and a half to three years is okay. what I'm averaging that. Um, now, it, on the other hand, cloth diaper babies generally tend to potty train faster. So their lifetime use is shorter. And um, there are a couple of reasons for that. One is um, simply they're more aware of what they're doing because they can feel it instead of on the disposable diapers. And so they're able to kind of potty train faster. And the other is you as a parent are motivated (laughs) to get them potty trained faster because it's less diapers for you to wash. Um, So certainly, um, so anyway, for a stash of cloth diapers for a child 
until they uh, potty train is probably going to run you between three and five hundred dollars, depending on the choices that you make with the diapers. And actually, the actually, mine was less. I feel like mm-hmm. even now they you can buy seconds for ten bucks a oh, diaper certainly. and stuff. And so I've got like, maybe twenty diapers and. I guess mine was closer to one to two hundred dollars, and a lot of people gave them as me as gifts. When you're talking about that initial purchase, yes, probably because oh, it's a purchase. The total purchase over the whole. But time. it's a, it's a, something you buy one time. Yeah. yeah. And then and and what do you buy? You know what I mean? Because it's not. I've seen some of these new at the, the health and wellness fairs and things mm-hmm. like this. I'm not seeing that old. You know your grandfather's cloth diaper. I the <laughs> big square thing. Um, I'm seeing like shaped. Uh, diapers and, and, and whatnot. So it's it's kind of new to me and my wife. So how do you know which to buy? And are there different styles, themes, colors? Yeah, there's a lot of different <laughs> styles. And, yeah, there really is. And you're right, they can, they're they a lot easier to put on. So you can get them so that they're identical to disposable diapers. So they literally go on with Velcro and they're shaped exactly the same. Um, you know, all diapers have to do two things. They have to be moisture absorbent and they have to be moisture resistant. So absorbent to hold a lot of liquid and resistant so they don't go through the clothing. And so any diaper can do that in any number of ways. So with a disposable diaper, you'll have kind of chemicals in the inside and uh, maybe some wood pulp and cotton absorbing and then a plasticky outer. Well, dispos- or cloth diapers have the same, they do the same thing. So they will generally use like cotton or hemp or something as an absorbent inner and then an outside of like polyurethane laminate or even wool on the outside to make it moisture resistant. And there are a very wide variety of ways to solve that problem. And so cloth diapers have, you know, a very, very wide, broad spectrum of diapering solutions. Um, But, you know, generally when you're looking at them, that's what you're looking for. Does it have both pieces and do I need to do it in two pieces or is it all together in one piece when you're looking at cloth diapers? But there's trial programs out there where you can purchase or, I'm sorry, rent, you know, for like $100. You, um, well, maybe you give them $150 and you can have a whole package for 30 days or 60 days, depending on the package. And then at the end of it, you send it back to them and you get most of your money back, maybe $25 it costs in the end. And then you've tried now all, a whole broad range of brands and styles and sizes, and you can then go and say, okay, these are the ones I like the best, and then actually make your purchases. What about storage? Can I ask about storage? Like, okay, so you've got this cloth diaper. You've, uh, you're changing it. You've emptied the diaper, and now what do you do with it? Well, the emptying of the diaper is way more interesting, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, no. I was, was going to ask you that question. What do you do with the poop? And tell me how, what do you do with the poop, and then what do you do with the diaper? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, in my house, we love our diaper sprayer. So literally on the side of our toilet, we hook up a hose to the valve, and it's got a spray handle at the end. And so I hold the diaper from the very tip, barely with my fingertips, and just hold it over the toilet, and I spray that poop straight into the toilet. And then I just wrap up the soaking wet to- the diaper, and right next to the toilet is where my diaper pail is. And it doesn't have anything like any bag in it. It's just a pail. And just toss it in there, and then every two or three days... Um, I bring the pail down to the washing machine and I wash the diaper. No bleach or sanitizer or anything like that inside the pail? No, I don't put anything in the pail. So, I mean, there are some people who choose to do that, but um, most people I... I usually recommend keep it simple. Okay. And yeah, and I think it, no each person that. gets a routine. So yeah. we we have the same thing. We bought it's not a diaper sprayer because it's got a, ner- a name to it, so it's more expensive. We bought a bidet on eBay, and it was like twenty bucks. You can go to Home Depot. You can get the parts. It's it's basically like a hose that comes out of your um, 
sink, you know, one of those old school hoses that comes out to help you do the dishes, same type of thing next to the toilet, spray it off like you do, but our laundry room's next door, so I just put it in my utility sink that's there. So kind of, and my husband and I actually, we put it in there, we maybe throw a little OxyClean on it, maybe a little like um, earth-friendly solution, like back out or something to help with the smell. I said a name. We put, or we put, spray it a little bit with a little bit of, you know. Deodorizer. Deodorizer. You know, something you can get at the store that works with diapers. And we throw it in our sink, and when I'm ready to do laundry, it just stays there, piles up. I Sometimes it piles up to every single diaper's dirty, and then sometimes it doesn't. And because you've already put the poop into the toilet or you've sprayed it, it doesn't have a horrible smell to it. And if it does, I scoop them out, put them in the wash, yeah. and do a load, and it's done. And, and it do you wash by themselves? Do you wash... Because I, I, I'm going to pull out my work shirt and it's in the the same laundry pile as the diapers. I might be a little... Yeah, no, I usually wash my diapers separately. If you've got enough diapers, you're washing them separately. Okay. Now, there's some instances where if you're talking about a baby who or child who's pretty much potty trained during the day and you're only doing night diapers and you're only having like one diaper a day. and But then they're only like wet diapers and, and urine is... Um, uh, sterile, so there's there's nothing like no living creatures or anything like that that you have to worry about. So you can right. wash that with other laundry. Certainly. Now I used to do um, I used to do just diapers. Then I did diapers and his clothes. And now I throw everything in and everything comes out clean and smelling fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I should admit that y'all can't, can't catch a whiff of me as I walk by and be like, ah, oh, I think I smell a little something raunchy on her. Can we switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about infant potty training and elimination communication, which um, I have practiced, and maybe you can give some insight on another hybrid in terms of using cloth diapers or whatever diapers and um, this other form of eliminating with babies. Sure. Elimination communication just speaks to the fact that you're kind of watching your baby's cues to see when they need to potty, and then instead of letting them go in a diaper, you put them on the toilet and let the um, material go straight in there where it needs to be disposed of anyway. And um, so a lot of families practice this exclusively in you know other parts of the world, but you know here in general in, in the United States, there are like kind of varying levels of using this in combination with some sort of diapering um, solution. So it's very popular among cloth diaper users because it's in our best interest to catch all the poop in the toilet and not in the diapers since we're washing the diapers. So um, you know I definitely used it as well. So and um, it just is simply like you're kind of watching when you think that you're you kind of smell something or you think well what are they do oh you're gonna oh and quickly pull the diaper off and just hold them by their thighs kind of over the toilet or on a little infant potty um, and catch the catch the poop that way um, or or pee so um, you can do this again with any combination of diapers I was at a play date last week and my friend's little 15 month old came over to her and put his finger between his finger put his thumb between his two fingers and um, started shaking his wrists I'm like what are you doing she's like oh he has to go potty and it, he, he was doing the sign Sorry. for potty and oh, she got awesome. up and yeah. ran to the I was like um um I'm just working on my son to say mama. I mean, like, <laughs> let me know when he goes to the bathroom. Thanks to Heather McNamara for helping us learn about our diapering options. If you want more information on the Real Diaper Association, go to today's show on our episodes page on our website, parentsavers.com, or visit www.realdiaperassociation.org. Before we wrap up today's show, here is a message from one of our listeners. 
Hi, uh, my name's John. I was just listening to the Dr. Sears interview, and I wanted to um, see if I can ask a question. Um, my question is, what's the recent situation with the uh, HPV vaccine, and um, why is the CDC supporting boys to have this particular shot? Again, my name is John, and I'm calling from Marlton, New Jersey. Thank you. This is a good question, John. Uh, I'm you know dealing with this as a pediatrician. I get a lot of the questions in my office about HPV vaccine because it's new. Parents are reluctant to do a new vaccine, and what's it all about? And um, so the HPV, it's a sexually transmitted infection. It's, it causes genital warts. It can cause cervical cancer. It can cause you know penile cancer. Um, it's it's a very serious disease. I mean, no one wants to catch this disease. Uh, we give the the vaccine as three doses, starting as young as nine years of age, but but the main main recommended age is eleven or twelve. The idea is to get the vaccine before sexual activity occurs. HPV is is the most common sexual transmitted infection. So if you're sexually active as a teenager or a young adult with, say, more than three or four people in your young adult life, you're almost guaranteed to come across this virus. So I think what I have against this vaccine, or my problem with this vaccine, is mandating it for nine-year-olds. That just doesn't make sense, even 11- or 12-year-olds. Um, I think for parents who have a, you know, a good communication with their children um, and they're you know, willing to talk out, you know, have the talk about sex and, and abstinence or, or, you know, practicing safe sex. And, and you feel like your child's risk of HPV is going to be zero or going to be very low. I think you can very safely skip this vaccine. I don't, I don't think it's, it's necessary um, for everybody. But yeah, if you, if your teenager, you know, uh, comes home on the, you know, the back of a motorcycle with her first tattoo with her, you know, boyfriend that's, you know, five years older than she is. Yeah. You know, that's the sorry to stereotype uh, some listeners, but I mean that's the time you want to start talking about HPV vaccine. Um, make sure hepatitis B vaccine, you know, has, has already been you know administered. Um, I mean that's the kind of you, you make a case by case choice depending on your child, their lifestyle, and if they're going to be sexually active or not. And if you feel your kids are very uh, committed to abstinence, then I think it's uh, definitely one vaccine you can do without. It's a vaccine both for girls as well as boys because both can contract the, the illness and, and spread it. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for our expert about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or our Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we're talking about healing and cleaning with essential oils. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. 
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.